You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Bad Batch episode Metamorphosis. I am uh, your host, Michael Cohen. With me, Altitudinous Kyle Avery. How's it going, Mike? Good. And we've got the illustrious Joe Hogan. I still have nothing witty to say. Nothing witty to say, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because we're all back. And uh, who boy, who doctor, let's, no, no time wasted. Listen, all right? Full spoilers right off the bat because I can't hold it in. I can't stop. I can't. Least, I have been waiting 13 years to have this conversation. <laughs> the Zillow Beast is back. Now, not mm. the Zillow Beast, but a Zillow Beast, but exactly what we were promised at the end of uh, of that, that two-parter um, when Palpatine was like, take that gigantic monster to my cloning lab. Uh, not in so many words, but absolutely what he said to he like he, he like said something to a science person and then like turned at the audience and winked and we were all like yeah we know what you're doing um and then and then the clone wars went on for a further five seasons over the course of like the next decade and uh, and no zillow beast not even like nobody even said the word zillow beast at any point no one was even like hey you remember that one time it's totally wild. We're in the middle of a war, right? Like we're in the middle of like this whole clone war thing. Like, like these clones came out of nowhere is, is wild. And then there's all these, these droids and they got, we got to fight them. And, uh, uh, there's a, there's a bunch of Sith Lords and that sort of thing. Um, but in the midst of all of that, a giant monster attacked Coruscant, a giant monster. And now like, it didn't really attack Coruscant so much as like it, it like woke up because of a mining thing. And then we brought it to Coruscant for some reason, like a bunch of idiots. And then it got loose, but like, that's what happened. And then like, nobody talked about it. It's like, it didn't happen. Um, everybody just pretended like that wasn't a real thing that Mace Windu wasn't sliding down that thing. Like Fred Flintstone at one point, right. It was Mace Windu, right? I, I, it's been so long since I've watched a season two episode of the clone wars. I will be honest. Um, and uh, yeah, everybody just was like, whatever, we're just going to go about our days fighting the Clone Wars and forget about the time that a monster the size of a building was like stomping on people and eating spaceships, you know, um, and sucking up all, all the energy on Coruscant. But I, uh, I listen, I never forgot. OK, I've been <laughs> sitting here patiently every time a monster shows up. It's like, how come that's not the Zillow Beast? You know, on it, like literally, literally a couple of weeks ago, we we're like, I don't know. There's this big, I, I, uh, Pokemon looking robot that we're in. Where's the Zillow beast though? You know, like seriously, <laughs> I thought in that episode, I didn't say, I don't think I said anything on the podcast, but like when I was watching it, I was like, I wonder what the Zillow beast is up to. I, if that's ever going to come back. And then here we are in the year of our Lord and savior, George Lucas, 2023. <laughs> uh, and not only did we get the Zillow beast back on screen, we got it like better than ever. I, uh, in, in its, in, like in its true form, even though it didn't get quite as big, but when it was like fully metamorphosed into the Zillow beast, it was like, okay, that's, it looks a lot cooler than it looked in clone wars. And I, I always liked it, but I, I, but we got multiple forms of this thing and it started basically as an aliens or alien. I should say it wasn't even aliens. It was an alien, uh, homage, like 110%. The only thing they didn't do was the, was like a, a like a motion sensor thing to try and track this thing down because they didn't know what they were going after. But everything else about the way that that story was told was absolutely a send up of alien, uh, which is uh, like one of the best 
horror movies ever made. It's probably like it's like my number two horror movie after American Werewolf in London, which doesn't really count because it's mostly a comedy, romantic comedy. Uh, but yeah, man, like like holy crap, holy crap, what an episode! We also got uh, acclimators in not acclimators, uh, venators in Imperial de-paint because they weren't really repainted they got all they took all the paint off of them and made them all evil looking uh and and we got uh republic uh, republic gunships as imperial gunships i uh, we got v-wings uh imperial v-wings like like the whole the whole deal we got the argument with sid that i said was coming last week <laughs> i like excuse me you are glossing over the only talking point that i am here for today. okay okay go ahead uh, Mr. Scorch from Delta Squad not only was yeah. in this episode, but he spoke this time, which he has not done previously. Oh, my God. And then he was told, go find who did it, which I really hope means get your friends, boss and fixer and go find mm. who did it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, the Bad I Batch mean, versus Delta Squad. Let's go. Please get Crosshair in there because they're down a man with Sev missing. Please, please. I need this. Kyle, I need this. I need this in my life. So ne- next week is the outpost, right? So um, there's an expectation that Crosshair is back next week, and and mm. uh, I mean, like that 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 all sounds that all sounds about right to me. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't complain. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lick that gift horse in the mouth. But yeah, I I mean, we got Republic commandos galore in this episode. Like you know, like yeah. they were left, right, and center. Oh, it was um, wonderful. Yeah, they've basically like the only troops left, the only clones left at Tantis are Republic commandos, uh, and that's interesting. That's very interesting. Um, I wonder if it's a matter of like they just like all of the Republic commandos are now stationed there, or if they just like everybody who they're stationing at Tantis, they're just giving commando kit right like mm-hmm. like they've just they're just like well this is like the best kit that we have so so like these these are our guys decommission everybody else but like these guys can stick around mm-hmm. and so they're kind of like they're they've all been like upgraded or whatever either way i mean like as someone who who uh has loved republic commando since the first time we ever laid eyes on them i uh, in in that first trailer i i yeah it, my one thing about the republic commandos in Bad Batch and Clone Wars is that I just don't feel like um, like they got the proportions right on the arms. The the arms always feel weirdly small to me. I don't know. They just feel weirdly small in general because every every character design in in Clone Wars style is is a little bit um, a little anemic. Right. But I feel like the, the commandos should be closer to record size like they should be yeah a little beefier like i remember playing the game and you're like you're like a half a foot taller than the rest of the clones you're, you're right? a master chief clone in republic commando yeah. yeah yeah exactly so like like to me it's always kind of bugged me that when we've the first time we saw them in it what was that in season three um like just in that in that brief moment that they're on screen it worked for me but but yeah, like especially like in Bad Batch, I've been a little bit it's it's been a little bit like, ah, can we can we can we just like can we just beef these guys up a little bit? They shouldn't look like they're regular clones underneath. They need to look like they're monsters. <laughs> I want them all to be like imposing, a little bit more imposing than they are. But at least we got like the glowing visors and the whole the whole and having scorch there, right? So um, Oh my god. I yeah. was I was typing to you, Mike, in all caps when that yeah. was happening, because I was, I felt like I was a little ahead of you, so I wasn't actually like I didn't want to spoil anything, um, but like I was, I was stifling screams at three forty-five in the morning. Yeah, you were. I think you were about like two minutes ahead of me. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you. It's funny because you you messaged me Zillow Beast before it was like confirmed but like oh, you didn't you, don't worry you didn't spoil me on it okay. because like from the cold open i was like oh that's the zillow beast okay there's no yeah, way that's it was not pretty the far zillow in beast. when i said it i figured by that yeah, point yeah, like, yeah. You, okay basically yeah, I, I, point you out were saying, I figured you were like right right near me okay uh, I feel bad. Real, sorry. 
real quick, when it comes to spoiling the Zillow Beast, somebody at Disney Plus dropped the ball on that because, oh, like, I don't know if you guys saw this. When, you know, when you open Disney Plus on your, your app or your smart TV or whatever, and it's got, like, all the little tiles of all the shows, but then, like, the mm-hmm. big banner image up at the top that, like, slides across, and, you know, you'll see one thing at a time up there, and it'll show you, like, new episodes and stuff. And, of course, Mando was front and center up there today, but if you went a few slides over to the new episode of The Bad Batch, they had the full-blown image of the Zillow Beast, like, right there. Um, so that spoiled it for oh, me right wild. off the bat. So You know, yeah. you know... I think I think Joe and I probably did the exact same thing, which is that we finished Mando. No spoilers yeah. on Mando, guys. We don't talk about Mando here. We'll talk about Mando on Force Perspectives. I I but I but but all all I'm gonna say is just two big thumbs up. What a great premiere. But that ended and Disney Plus is like, hey, you wanna watch Bad Batch? And I'm like, Yeah, I do. Yes. <laughs> I wanna I wanna ride this high as long as I can. And if that means watching Bad Batch, uh then yeah. And it was like um, a few weeks ago, I, I, oh man, what did I, I think I, I think I stayed up for the, um, for the Willow, I, I, the, the, the documentary premiere and, I and then went into Bad Batch and, uh, and I was like, I'm going to watch Bad Batch just to like, sort of like, like come down off of the exciting thing that I just watched. And there was a little bit of like that thought with this week's episode of like, Oh, I'll just watch bad batch and, you know, kind of chill out and, and then go to bed. And then I, and then this episode started and I was like, Oh no, I'm up until two o'clock. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is, this is going to keep me awake. I'm going to be excited. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah I was wired was last so night around. I think I even texted you. I was like, Mike, I don't know how I'm going to sleep now. Like, yeah. I'm wired. Yeah, no, it, 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 it was, it was just like, I. Uh, yeah, I mean, like there was all that, and then and then there's a great moment where where um, the the ship is exploding, and Tech and Omega are running from it, and Tech just grabs Omega and like throws her behind the tree, sort of thing, and like she. I her. loved that. It was like there. If you had told me at the beginning of this season that like Tech and Omega are gonna like over the course of three episodes develop this really really deep bond, I'd have been like, really? I feel like that's gonna feel super forced. But then in this episode, it was just like uh, Wrecker and Hunter going in into the into the ship and and um, Tech and Omega hanging out outside for a minute, or, or was it the other way around? No, they had, it was they had right. it was it was, it was Tech and Omega inside the ship. Oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Because and, and Hunter and Wrecker go to track down the beast after yeah. it escapes. Yeah, um, yeah, and it was just like it, it's just like like just pairing them up. I'm. It's just it feels so natural at this point without without um, without Echo there. It's like shifted the dynamic of the team, and that dynamic has turned into. Hunter and Wrecker are kind of like going to go out and blow some stuff up and Omega and tech are going to like solve the problem. And uh, it's just, yeah, like the, the dynamic has really, really gelled over these last three episodes. They, I mean, like, like it's like one, two, three great story. Like I just, it, it I'm, I'm riding such a high on bad batch right now of like, Holy crap. Like, like this show, it was the first few episodes of the season were kind of like good to okay sort of thing. It's like, I had some fun with them. Gunji was cool and all that, but, um, but nothing's really like, like cranked the knob all the way up to 11 for me yet, except this episode, like this, this one really, really like just blew the roof off of it. I was like, I can't believe that we're finally getting this story. We get introduced to a new bad guy, uh, which, which we can talk about in a minute, but yeah, like, like, uh, uh, I think it was I. I think who who tweeted? I think I think it was Jennifer Corbett because I don't think Brad Rao has a Twitter account. So I think it was Jennifer Corbett tweeted something along the lines of, um, uh, uh, it, not something along the lines. It was like the GIF from uh, 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 Captain America, the first Avenger of the Red Skull, saying like like his like quote about about Hydra, like cut off one head and two shall take its place or whatever. And it was like in reference to us losing Rampart, Rampart being being mm. the one that's gonna like gone, gone away. And now we've got uh, 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 Royce Hemlock uh, coming in 
as uh, as our as our main antagonist. And like, listen, Rampart was out for himself, and uh, that was dangerous. But Hemlock seems to be straight up evil. Uh, like we got a straight up evil scientist on our hands and now he's teaming up with Lama Sue and, uh, and I don't, I look like I, I, I haven't trusted Lama Sue since 2002, you know, I, I like, like that guy, that guy's, uh, is it 2002? When did Attack of the Clones come yes. out? Is that right? Yeah. Those are two. Um, yeah. Like, like, like that guy, that guy is, uh, he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy that was on our side for a while and that's he just it was one of those things of like well the jedi don't realize that the clones are part of the bad guy's plan so they don't realize that the guy that made the clones is definitely also a bad guy because but like he's definitely a bad guy because in the morality of um anything literally ever a guy who's like yeah yeah yeah, we made a bunch of living beings for you to throw at your enemies um, you know, like here's, here's a few hundred thousand with a million more on the way. So, cause we know that you're going to need a million more of these guys. Cause they're all going to get killed. I, I, that's a bad person. That's a, that's a bad being. I, uh, Lama Su, not really respectful of, um, life sentience, I, I independence, freedom, any of those things. I, hey, we made these things super obedient so that they'll follow all of your orders without question uh yeah not a good dude not a good dude none of all the kaminoans that we've met pretty pretty bad pretty bad uh morally gray at the best uh but lama su being like the big uh head one is like yeah he's i don't trust him he's a bad guy and now he's working with a with a super evil bad guy who is voiced by um jimmy simpson which I, I, if you're a David Letterman fan, as I am, I, I you'll know him as, as. Oh shoot, what's his name? He's an intern. He's he's like a fake intern. Like he'll he'll come out like in the middle of the show, and uh, he'll just like sit down in the guest chair and just like start uh, saying offensive things to Dave. And it's uh, fantastic in that. And then uh, and then if you're a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you would know him as one of those two creepy brothers that are always drinking milk. They're just always drinking milk all the time. And it's gross and creepy and weird. Uh, and he's this bad guy. And that's fantastic. It makes me really happy uh, that he gets to play a bad guy in Star Wars. I have talked so, so much. Kyle, you haven't said very much yet. So I'm going to throw it over to you. Say some stuff. What do you think? Yeah, I I loved it. I don't know if I loved it quite as much as you did, um, only because I wouldn't say this is like my first 11 out of 10 episode of the season, but it was really <laughs> cool seeing them finally bring the Yeah, we know back that you, you just got so excited when you saw those dang spiders from Knights of the Old Republic. Can't, <laughs> you can't handle it. <laughs> no, I, I, I got excited seeing the Crosshair and Cody episode that you thought yeah, was sure, meh for whatever. some reason. That's, you're, um, you're, that, he's retconning it, you guys. We all know... That Kyle pops for the the spiders. He's only about the spiders. I, I pop spiders, for the spiders. Like, I didn't say I'm only about the spiders. I don't know where you're getting that from. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I thought this was cool. I mean, like you said, I was at the point with that Zillow Beast plotline from Clone Wars where I was like, we're probably never going to see that come around again. Or maybe they'll address it one day in like a comic or something. But like that was not something that was keeping me up at night. I was just kind of like, eh, you know, those were fun episodes. If we ever get around to it again, sure. But like certainly wasn't expecting it. And that's why I'm I'm actually pretty bummed that they just like spoiled that outright on the front page of Disney Plus. That that's what this thing was. Because that would have been a really cool reveal. Um Especially because, you know, when you start the, the open where like the you've got the commando with the stun baton and he's in the ship and, you know, he gets eaten like in the dark and, you know, like you said, it's got the alien vibes to it and everything. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, oh, well, now I know this is the Zillow Beast. And obviously, you know, they must have been like carrying it on the ship and maybe he got loose or something. But the fact that it was like a little one that was... um You know, of course, it, it got loose from the, the cloning chamber or whatever and, and was a lot more small and able to, you know, get around the, the crevices of the ship and everything. And then like feeds on the power and get so much bigger. Um, 
which is a really cool idea. And I almost liked it more as the little one. Like, I think my favorite parts of the episode were the um, kind of those horror movie vibes at the beginning, because um, I mean, even knowing that it was the Zilla Beast, it kind of played with my expectations because I wasn't expecting it to be a small one. And then when you realize it is, I still, you know, I would have thought like, oh, it's like a baby one, but it was still like really vicious. And um, so, yeah, that was really cool. Great way to start off the episode. Great, you know, just like creepy horror movie vibes there. Um, and it was just the perfect, like the perfect type of story to do in the Bad Batch, because if you're going to do these kind of one-off, like random adventure type episodes, like they've been doing, like, why not bring the Zillow Beast back and finally give some closure to that storyline? But then the fact that it wasn't just like a, a random one-off, oh, let's do one episode about the Zillow Beast. But like you said, they're introducing this new bad guy. We've got all this stuff with the clone Mm -hmm. commandos and Mount Tantus and the Kaminoans and there seems to be a lot more to what the empire is planning with these cloning projects for the Zillow beast and maybe some other stuff too. And, you know, they even make that point at the end that like they didn't destroy Camino to stop the cloning production. They destroyed Camino so that the empire could take over, you know, the, the cloning production, like on their terms and do their own stuff with it and not have the Kaminoans interfering. Um, and so it seems like they've basically moved that whole operation to Mount Tantus. And now they're like, let's just replace the clone troopers with stormtroopers. But now we can clone other stuff. And so, you know, it's like, and of course, we know Palpatine's all into that with Snoke and everything from Rise of Skywalker. But um, it'll be interesting to see what else they've got in store with, you know, with the Zillow Beast and whatever, whatever other kind of stuff they might have going on there. Um if it was up to me, I really hope that this storyline just continues for the rest of the season with, you know, the Bad Batch trying to investigate this stuff with the Empire sending Scorch and the Commandos and probably Crosshair and, you know, sending them after the Bad Batch and Omega. Um, you know, we're back to season one where it's like, you know, the Empire's hunting Omega again because of her connection to the Kaminoans. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, maybe we'll even get to dive deeper into some of those relationship dynamics and things um from season one that we i mean i think we we pretty much got all the answers we were looking for but at the same time i remember having a lot of questions in season one about like oh what's omega's purpose and why do the kaminoans want her and you know there was like a lot of shady stuff and a lot of like who's connected to who and who wants who and all that um that like seemed like it kind of got resolved, but also felt like there could have been more mm-hmm. to it. And so maybe they're going to come back in season two and be like, Oh, like Omega actually is force sensitive or, you know, whatever, like bring back some of those old theories from season one. Um, just as far as like her connection to Nala say and everything. Um, Cause of course you had Lama Sue being like, oh, you know, that's like uh, Nala say's weakness is Omega. And of course you could just take that as, oh, you know, this was this young girl that she had as her assistant. And like, that's her one soft spot, um, even though she's one of these, you know, morally gray Cameron Owens, like you're talking about, um, that are, you know, up to devious stuff and out for themselves or whatever. But like, Nala Say does seem to genuinely care about Omega, but she also could have some other purpose or, you know, there's there's something else to it that we don't know about yet. So um, I'm really intrigued to see where that goes. I'm just hoping at this point, and obviously I know more of this stuff will come to fruition um, later in the season at some point, hopefully in the next episode. But like if the next episode is back to, oh, let's go on another mission for Sid and retrieve like another random object, I'm going to be super disappointed because this seems like a good launching point for like, okay, final third of the season, we're going to you know finally start building up some really good story momentum here because there was a lot of stuff in this episode that they could build off of. Yeah, for sure. I I expect... And, and the feeling that I got of bringing in uh, Hemlock at this point is is us building towards the the close of the season, right? Like like and that's where I feel like this episode finally kind of got us onto the track that I think a lot of people have been waiting for. Um, it uh, it also had like a killer adventure storyline on, on the side of that, but. Um, but yeah, like like the the bigger part of that uh, uh, for like the overall mythology is all of the stuff with Hemlock. So I think I think we're going to be building towards that. I what I would really like to see is um, like I want to know what other stuff Hemlock's been up to. Um, I want to I, I want this to not just be like a, like a one off of like oh they've they've you know cloned the Zillow Beast 
but I want to find out that like they've been doing all sorts of other experiments or whatever. And I, w- I really, really think that they have an opportunity to bring in like some, some of the heir to the empire storyline stuff and just be like, okay, let's just introduce Joris Saboath or however we pronounce his name or whatever. But uh, let's like, they tried to clone a Jedi. They tried and it didn't work because you can't like, it's, it's really difficult to, um, uh, which would be a really great explanation for why it takes so long for the, for Palpatine to come back. Right. Is that like, cause, cause everything like, look, we gotta, at some point we gotta start fixing the weirdness that is rise of Skywalker so that we can move forward with other stories. And like, we need an explanation for, for, you know, like, where was he during everything else? What's wrong with Snoke, all of that stuff. And for it to be like, well, when you clone, I, I, when you clone a, a force user, you end up with some weird side effects, right? Like their minds are unstable or their bodies deteriorate quickly or, you know, like whatever, whatever you want it to be. Right. But just, uh, they have, a, they have a cool opportunity here to, to introduce some more, um, big bad guys, um, and ongoing stuff, you know, but, uh, that's, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of my thoughts on it with with that sort of for the ongoing stuff. I don't think that we're going to see anything like that in this season. I think that we're still going to be pretty focused on on um the bad batch and this like clone trooper rebellion thing, but I think maybe in future seasons as we get closer to like um I I you know, like so, some of the some of the other stuff that's happened in the timeline like get closer to uh, cuz what um how far after is fallen order? Fallen Order is the first one's five years, right? That's five years after, yeah. Yeah, and then the new one, Survivor, is taking place like a couple years after that. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think that's five. another. Is yeah, that's another, another five, five years yeah. after that. Oh, it's around like Kenobi time. Because I think I think that guy that's in the vat, the guy, the 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 dude with the white hair and missing an arm or whatever, right? He's missing an arm. Um, I th- I think that he might be like a cloned Jedi. I think that might be what what that's about. So. Um, either that or he's just been like in he's a clone from like the high republic or something like that that's been in stasis forever um, yeah see i don't think but, he's necessarily uh, a clone i think he might just be like yeah somebody that's been frozen in cryostasis since the high republic mm-hmm. or something like that yeah that's my guess yeah but uh there's a i think there's an opportunity for those stories to sort of like sync up in some places and, and have some stuff sort of like told across both of them and i only say that because of, of that episode where we're like i'm pretty sure that this stuff's all supposed to be like tied into the f- to to fall in order right so um and and yeah the, the more time goes on the more it's like yeah stuff was a little too convenient it it must be um but i i not convenient but like the, it was just like it was it was too close it's like well, well there's another you, you got another uh, uh, ancient race of uh, beings uh, making big uh, beam shooting robots and stuff. No, let's let's just make it the same one. Uh, but yeah, Joe, uh, what else? What else you got to say about? Oh man, this one. A couple things. Uh, well, well, first, I guess the most recent point that was made uh, by Kyle talking about like oh uh, you know they they uh, are going to be you know kind of growing out of sid in that conversation they basically say like hey let's do one more mission for it because she knows who we are like we kind of we gotta we gotta break away kind of gently you know let her let her down gently so that she doesn't retaliate like it's almost like how do we avoid this messy breakup kind of thing um so i think that's like basically guaranteed that they've kind of grown out of Sid's usefulness for them. Um, I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll see her again, but uh, I just, I thought that was interesting. I was like, Oh, so they're, they're like checked out of this relationship. They're, they're ready to move on. Uh, So I thought that was cool. And then, okay, everything that's happening is happening. So, you know, uh, Scorch is going to be after the bad batch and uh, new mad scientist guy whose name I already forgot. What was it? Uh, Royce Hemlock. Okay, Hemlock. So he wants Omega. So they're going to be catching a lot of heat because there's going to be a lot of attention coming their way very soon. Um, So I thought that was uh, really cool. And I think that lends a lot of credence to what you guys are saying. Um, The other thing I want to touch on real quick, uh, because I I think this is kind of cool. 
Um, maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but you know, we've always known that Wrecker and Omega were best pals, right? Like we talked a little bit today about yeah. tech and Omega developing a relationship, which is amazing. Um, but like Wrecker and Omega are like the two peas in the pod, right? Like they, they're kind of on the same wavelength. Um, I think it's really interesting and cool that to me, it's coming off like Wrecker is less of like the big dumb galoot. And what was it? Two episodes ago when they were like trapped in the mine. And then this episode, both times Wrecker had the kind of uh, like conscientiousness to be aware of how Omega Omega would be feeling. Excuse me. I don't know what just had, I just had a frog in my throat. Uh, like the wherewithal to know like, hey, maybe don't say that to Omega because he was really mad at tech two episodes ago yeah. because he, he knew exactly how like he picked up on those social cues that that tech wasn't. And then this episode when tech was saying it's eating the crew and she freaked out. He ate the crew. It's eating the crew. And Wrecker just like she she like leans into Wrecker for comfort. And Wrecker is like almost doing this like body language protective thing of her, like, you know, kind of pulling her closer and be yeah. like, is that yeah. necessary? Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. He definitely, he definitely, like, kind of, yeah. I, I gives Tech some, some grief over that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool. I, I, I like yeah. the fact that even though that's like a little thing, you know, he doesn't have to be a genius or anything all of a sudden because, like, we know what his trope is. But like the fact that there's just like a little bit more to him and a little bit more to their relationship together, and he's, he's, he's like the protective. Uh, big younger brother. Like I don't know. I really, really like that. I, when I picked up yeah. on that, I was like, "That's yeah, nice. I like that." Yeah, I it's like you see really him cool. growing in his emotional intelligence a little bit just through right. his relationship to Omega. And I mean, the other thing I like too. I mean, Mike, you talked so much about like her bond with Tech and how that's really been highlighted over the last few episodes. And that, of course, has been you know really great to see. But I think that just stands out because that's kind of the one that was like the least developed. Um, and I think. Echo leaving and having sort of one less cook in the kitchen, especially since, you know, Crosshair's gone, obviously, too. Like, having it just be just Hunter, Wrecker, Tech, and Omega, um, I think has really allowed them to kind of hone in on the relationships between, like, each of those four characters. And we've already seen, you know, a lot of strong bonding moments between Hunter and Omega and Wrecker and Omega. And so it was kind of like, once Echo left, it was like kind of became more glaring, like, oh, we still have Tech and Omega that haven't really connected. And so, like, we've really focused on that relationship, but then at the same time still seeing those moments, you know, between her and Hunter or, like, you know, like, I picked up on that, too, you know, just the the way that she, you know, leaned into Wrecker. It was like, oh, this isn't just becoming the Tech and Omega show. Like, you know, they're doing a good job of just having them, you know, having them all bounce off each mm -hmm. other and having those, those mm -hmm. good moments um, between all of them. So, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, it is. It it's um it's been really nice to see over the last few episodes how much uh, all of them have have grown. Like the characters aren't static. Um, they're they're still like true to their archetypes, but at the same time, they're all becoming more well rounded. Like they're less sort of just tropey. Like I think season one, the characters were very tropey. And uh, and sort of like like um, really well defined in their archetypes, and now like like with with tech becoming sort of more socially aware um, and uh, and expressing some stuff on that front, and then um, Wrecker definitely showing that emotional intelligence, um, and uh, and and Hunter not <laughs> Hunter not just shooting down every single. Uh, every single thing that anybody ever says, <laughs> uh, which he was like, he was a real wet blanket at the beginning of the season this year. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, like it just feels like everybody's really, really growing and learning. And I think maybe even that like Echo, I don't want to say that Echo was holding them back because I don't think that that was the case, but I think that Echo was a bit of a stabilizing force. He was sort of like, Echo was filling a lot of roles I uh, within the within the group and now without him they all have to kind of cover all of the stuff that echo was doing and mm -hmm. so like that like that emotional intelligence thing that that would have been something that i would have 
sort of ascribed to Echo in the past. And now we see that that Wrecker is sort of picking up that slack, right? Um, it's it it is it is really cool how they like they seem to have thought all of this out, and um, I would imagine that they've sort of like charted the progression of the characters because it would be hard to keep track of that, especially in animation where you where you might be working on two or three episodes at any given time, right? As as you're going through production, so kind of like having to have a really clear in the in the same way that you have to like do it with continuity of like, wait, what, where is this scene in the progression of the story? He should have ketchup on his collar, right? Like, like it's that same sort of thing, but over the course of like the whole season with the arcs of these characters, um, I really, really loved, I, I just showing like, like that they trust Omega and, um, and she's really a, like a, a real part of the team, just like last week's episode where she sees Hunter getting the grapple ready. And so she just launches off of that platform knowing that he's going to catch her, which is just such a standout moment in the show. Um, and then this week, the, the, uh, I, the Marauder, like, uh, the, the two of them on the Marauder, uh, Hunter and, and Wrecker kind of coming in to pick them up without landing and the 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 ramp comes down and uh tech is in the lead he jumps up onto it and i just i love the action of this i love the 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 subtlety it's a blink and you miss it moment but the ship starts going up before omega leaves the ground right like like they're all in such sync with each other that it's like, nope, tech Scotter, like, like he's on, she's there. Let's go. Uh, we got to get out of here. And they're like, they are leaving. Omega jumps, tech grabs her and pulls her onto the, to the ramp. And then they run into the ship and, and, and get into their seats. And he makes sure that she's locked in first and then he does himself. And it's just like, <laughs> It's those little things. It's it's those moments that are the things that um, even going all the way back to season one of Clone Wars, like this is the stuff that like there's a lot of animated content on like on like all over. Like you go wherever you find a million animated things and there's all sorts of stuff. That's really great. I really love uh, Invincible is a really good example of like like mm. a great animated show, but those animators, they're they're not taking the time, and I and it's a it's a slightly different it's apples to oranges because they're they're going two D, um, and they don't have as much of a budget obviously as Star Wars does. But um, those little character moments, those aren't in Invincible very often. Every once in a while, you get them because it's in the writing and it's in the it's it's in the source material, but there's not a lot like sort of like going on in the background or like these little quiet moments. Um, But then even with other computer animated stuff, it's like everything. I always find that CG stuff tends to be like very kind of by the book and it's very like straightforward in it's animation. It's one of the things that usually bums me out about CG animated stuff Um, uh, as opposed to something that's like a little bit more traditional. I, I, not that anything at this point is really traditional. I don't know that any ongoing productions use traditional animation with cells, but I, I even like the, the computer assisted, um, I sort of like 2d animation. Like I think of like DuckTales was sort of, I think DuckTales is like the peak of what's been done in 2d on, on, uh, like with the computer assisted flash style animation, um, because they're so good. They're so expressive and they do have those little moments. Right. But like clone wars and bad batch excel at that stuff at just like finding these little things for the characters to do. I, and, and making sure like that attention to detail. There's also a moment. um, Was it in this week? It was, I I think it was in this week where I, uh, maybe it's a, towards the beginning of the episode. I don't remember what the context was, but there's a moment where Wrecker's a little bit bummed out. Like he's a little bit unhappy about something and he's, he's holding uh, his, his, I can't remember the name of his Tuka doll, but he's like holding it. Lula. Sort of like, Lula. Thank you. And I'll tell you exactly why I knew that off the top of my head. Once you're done. Go ahead. Okay. I, but just the, just the way that like, that's a, like, that's one of those things. 
that it's like we know that Lula is important to Wrecker and uh, it, like it's it's sort of like a core uh, aspect of his character. And so like we're not drawing attention to it. There's no he's in the foreground. So we're kind of making sure that everybody sees it. But at the same time, like it's not called out. It's not a moment. It's just a piece of um uh, like sort of flavor that's 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 going it's a little bit of business that's going on in the in the show which is usually the sort of stuff that you get from actors but that animation will will oftentimes miss because um because you like your like characters are getting handed off from one person to the next and like it takes a lot of people it's a very collaborative medium obviously so um having those little things in there to make it naturalistic, to make the performances feel like they're coming from a person and not a team of animators sitting at computers like that to me, no matter how good other studios are at animation and at like, I, I, what's it called? The, the uh, arcane, right? Arcane is amazing. Arcane is like next level for sure. And I don't want to, don't mean to take anything away from it, but arcane is very focused on like the, like the, your lead characters and the stuff that's going on around them is, is more of that, like just characters going through walk cycles sort of thing um, in the background. Right. But like, I just, every frame in every episode of these shows tends to be pretty meticulous. And this episode had a lot of that, a lot of the stuff with the citizens in the, in the village as that was all going on, which like, like we haven't even talked about that. The fact that like, they're all, they're all going to be murdered. Right. That's, that, that was the, that's where we ended with that is that Hemlock was like, just deal with it all. Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it got like it was dark it was real dark i uh, i uh, but yeah uh what what were you gonna say joe about lulu oh Lula? so so uh yesterday my fiance tina actually bought a new car she got a like a really shiny 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 black uh kia soul or whatever it's it's, it's not a big truck kind of thing it's it's like one of like a i guess a mix between a normal car and like a jeep um i guess is the best way to describe it but she was driving home yesterday and called me and she's like i'm trying to figure out what to call it and i was and you know we're going through names of cameras like oh wednesday because you know wednesday loves black um then you know we're doing all these things and she's like are there any clone troopers that wear black i was like uh all of the bad batch and she's like, "Oh, Wrecker! Wrecker's my favorite. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call the car Wrecker." So like, her car's name is now Wrecker, and she went home. She's buying all these like accessories for it. So she's like, "Oh, I wanna, I want one of those like steering wheel grip things, but I'm getting it red because it's all black, but it's like red accents." I was like, "All right, cool." <laughs> so then she's like, "Do they make his little doll?" I was like, "Yeah, I know, I, mean, I know for a fact I've seen that." So she immediately went on, I think, Amazon and ordered a Lula Lula doll. I think today, like a couple of hours ago, um, and she's like, "Oh, they have a Lula. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna put him in the front seat. Put her in the front seat. Whatever she, he or she, uh, it's gonna sit in the front seat with me at all times." I was like, "All right. I hope nobody breaks your window here in New York for it." But. <laughs> Good, uh, good luck. But yeah, so that's a silly little relevant story. That's awesome. My, uh, my, my rev four is, is the Falcon and oh, okay. uh, I, and I've got the dice that, uh, that hang, hang from my mirror. So I, uh, because I, you, did you know that there are some people who are like mad about the dice? Like, like I, I hear this every once in a while, it'll come up and it'll be like stupid dice that they introduced in the last Jedi, just so that they mm. could like call back to them in solo. And it's like, no, mm. those dice are in all three original trilogy movies and they were there from day one. They were there <laughs> from day one. And like, I will fight anybody that's like, oh, they added the dice in the last Jedi. Ryan Johnson added the dice so that they could call back to it in solo and it's like no no the dice were always there i don't think that they had the the symbols on them i think that they were literally just uh uh gold cubes in in a new hope right like because we never like it's not like we ever see them 
I, yeah. I don't think that you actually ever see them on screen in the movie. I think that you can only see them in like the storybook and like some behind the scenes stuff, mm. but, um, but they're there. Like they've always been there. Um, and yeah, it's one of those things that like anytime, cause I've had, I, I've, I've been, uh, one of my friends, I like rode in the car and he was like, Oh, you got those dice from solo. And I'm like, yeah, I got those dice from the best Star Wars movie. What do you want to say about it? And it was like, it's so dumb that they added that in. And I was like, they didn't add anything in. This is this is legit Star Wars lore. They just like canonized them as like these are his dice. And I I think I think in the visual guide it says something about them being his dads or something like that. I but I I I don't know if that's still the case, but. Um, or maybe that might be Legends canon. That might be from one of the books or something. But uh, uh, yeah, like, yeah, Star Wars themed cars. That's where it's at. That's... <laughs> Although my car, like my car does not, it's the it's the dark gray for the RAV4. But it's not the lighter gray. So I was, I was a little bit like, uh, it's not, re- it doesn't look like the Falcon. But the point is that I can drive a bunch of stuff around in it. <laughs> like the the reason we bought it is for like the trunk, right? Like is is <laughs> like when you've got kids, you need an SUV to, uh, you know, throw all of their junk in when you go places. So it was like, well, this is for hauling cargo uh, and passengers. So it's the Falcon. So she's in good company is what I'm saying. <laughs> awesome. Nice. I... I don't know, man. I, I I feel like I have talked up this episode like crazy. I I and I'm like, if I don't stop, I'm going to start talking about Mando. I because because I'm like champing at the bit for that one too. But I, man, like what a what a what a one two punch of like that brilliant, beautiful, awesome, perfect season premiere of The Mandalorian, followed by just a totally fun yet like integral episode of the bad batch. Like just like, man, I, I was not tired. Like I, like I should have been by all rights. I should have been tired last night. I, I at midnight, but you know, you get a little bit of that hype sauce going for, uh, for Mando and it carried me through. And then that episode of bad batch, just like I was wide awake, dude. And then like today, like, cause I got up at seven o'clock this morning. So it's like, I went to bed at two o'clock and woke up at seven. So I got less than five hours of sleep. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, and I, and I've been, it's been a rough day today. It's been rough getting through stuff today. And, and uh, we're like right in the middle of a major project launch and uh, all of that sort of thing. So like work is super stressful and yet like it was time to record and I'm like, let's go. Like, like my energy just like peaked for the day today. It's like, I've been reserving it uh, just to talk about, just to talk about bad batch today. So that's how, that's how much I enjoyed this episode is that like, it is sustaining me right now. And uh, I think, I, I think like, we'll wrap this up. I'm going to go get crystal to watch Mando again, because <laughs> she hasn't watched it yet. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to watch it again. Uh, but I, uh, yeah. Any 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 closing thoughts from either you, Kyle? You got anything you want to add? Not really. Um, yeah, I think we've pretty much hit all the main points on the head. It was a, a great episode, great callbacks, great storylines, great you know planting seeds of exciting stuff that hopefully is going to uh, carry through the end of the season and beyond. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. Awesome, Joe. What about you? Any anything to close it out? Uh, I have a question that might be uh, a silly one because maybe the answer is just the obvious. Um, when, no, maybe not. The I already forgot this guy's name. This is gonna. It took me forever to remember Rampart's name, so now it's gonna be the same thing with this new dude. Hemlock. 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 Yes, Hemlock. Uh, when Hemlock showed up to Mount Tantus, he showed up on the same kind of freighter that was, you know carrying the uh the zilla beast that was destroyed and crashed and then the same type of freighter that went and picked up the zilla beast from whatever planet that was but he arrived on that same kind of freighter and there was some kind of throwaway line about like oh make sure you bring the cargo down below or whatever yeah does that mean that was a different zilla beast clone and if not what was it 
what was the cargo that he was coming with? Yeah, that's what that's it where I'm saying. Like, yeah, I, I I don't think it was. I think it's something else. I think okay. I think they've got more experiments going on. Oh, and see, I thought they very well could have had multiples, especially if they're like small baby ones, like yeah. clones. Like, yeah, probably and you know one, what? Right? It was funny because the first shot of the episode we see is the ship coming out of hyperspace, um, you know, wrecked and destroyed, and we see the clone trooper getting. It's kind of that like cold open. And then we go to Mount Tantus with like the ship arriving intact. And I was like, wait, are they about to do like a two days previous kind of thing and then show like what happened to the ship to get mm. it to that point? Like, you know, they do on some other shows. So I was like, that's not very Star Wars like. And then realized like, oh, no, it's just the same, you know, a different kind of the same ship. And they, I don't know if it was just the one other one that was out there or if they have several. Um, right. So I think, but, we yeah, I mean, why, yeah, right? why, why make just one Zillow Beast clone when you can make several, especially if you can get them to start out small and you can study them for different purposes and stuff. That was one other thing I wanted to touch on is them talking about, um, like wanting to study it for like the, the impenetrable skin and like wanting to use that to make armor. And they had touched on that back in Clone Wars too. Um, but I'm really interested, interested to see like, if anything comes of that, like, are we going to see some weird kind of Imperial trooper with this like dragon armor or something like that? Or um, we, I think it would even be cool to find out that like, maybe they're not going to make stuff that looks like the Zillow beast, but that somehow, you know, just from studying its properties that somehow they've infused that into like the armor that they make the dark troopers out of or something like that. Mm, um, yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. So yeah. Yeah. Cool well, cause we know that. that yeah. Too. Yeah, we know that the Zillow Beast scales are are blaster resistant, right? Like, yeah, essentially blasters don't do anything to it. You have to have one of those like, I don't know what what were those lasers? I remember that like they had the big tanks, right? Like, or not the tanks. Yeah. They were like the, no, like the right, artillery right. platforms. Yeah. Right, from Attack right. of the Clones, right? And that's what they used. I to think it was it just a, yeah, I think it was just some kind of stun ray. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd have to watch it's the, those it's the same, again. But. It's the same weapon that they use in Attack of the Clones to take out the the Separatists. Uh, the droid control ship. Yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah, the control ship. Um, so it like it, and it's like it's like the mobile platform that's just got one big cannon on it. Um, so yeah, it, it, I and, but they you would see like like they had attached one of those. Which I, that was such a cool moment in the episode when that like came out the bottom and then started like shooting. I was like, oh yeah, totally. Like that's the that's the same beam weapon or whatever that they used before, but this one's like a more compact version, um, which I, is is a, is a cool moment. But because uh, apparently there's nothing Palpatine loves more than you know cruisers with compact super weapons on the bottom. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, he's uh, testing testing out a theory on that one, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. I, 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 I was, I was just going to go into like a whole thing, uh, but, uh, I'm not going to, I awesome. I, well, I think, I think that's it. I think we did it. I think that we talked about this episode. I, I, it was fantastic. I loved it from start to finish. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, we'll, uh, Joe and I are gonna, gonna talk about Mando on uh the the on a new episode of force perspectives uh so make sure that you are subscribed over on that feed as well so that you don't miss that and uh yeah i will i mean we'll be back next week to talk about it's outpost right i think that i think that was the name of the next episode uh let me see let me see is it just outpost or is it the outpost? It's the outpost. So yeah, we'll be back next week uh, and and we'll be talking about that. So hopefully, hopefully, like these last three episodes, like like we just keep this pace going all the way to the end of the season. God knows we're gonna need it, right? Like like <laughs> with with Mando and Bad Batch at the same time. Like I can't, I don't understand. I don't understand Disney and why they did it this way. I don't know why one of them's not on Friday. Uh, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. And so we're just going to week after week. The thing that really sucks is that Wednesday is the day that I have to go into the office, like physically be in the office. The rest of the time I work from home. But going into the office means getting up early and leaving early. <laughs> so it's like the night that I, I want to stay up late 
which is Tuesday, <laughs> and watch both of these things. Like when they do like a 55 minute episode of Mando and then it's like followed by a 30 minute episode of Bad Batch. It's going to make for a rough Wednesday, but uh, that's okay. That's what they invented caffeine for. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll manage. I'll get through it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, these next, this next few weeks we got after. So from here out, we have four weeks to go uh, uh, until the season's done. And then it'll just be uh, Mando uh, playing that out until Star Wars Celebration, which it basically like Mando basically ends while you guys are at Celebration, right, Joe? Uh, right? no, it ends two. I'm it, it ends two weeks after. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, well, I, I'm going to be in Europe the whole time, so I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going to see the finale, and I think I'll be in Norway at that point. Nice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Joe and I will be handling the first half basically of of season three of Mando, and then um, and then I don't know, I don't know, what, I don't really have a plan for the second half yet, but uh, but that'll also be at the point that Bad Batch is done. So I don't know, Kyle, I'll probably make you record a couple episodes with me, but uh, which I don't, I don't think I'll have to twist your arm for. Uh, I was gonna say, I like that Kyle has any say in this matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're going to be talking about it over on Saga Continues too. So, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I uh, yeah, it's it's not like I have a shortage of things to say when it comes to Mando. So no, for sure, for sure. Uh, awesome, cool. Well, uh, everybody, stay tuned for all of that stuff. Make sure that you're subscribed to all the feeds and uh, and checking out all that stuff. Also, uh, go check out Perfect Ten, which is the other ongoing show that I've got right now. And um, oh man, huge shout out. Uh, not Star Wars related, but uh, te- semi tangentially Star Wars related. Carl Leclerc from the Wampus Layer just launched his new podcast uh, today, as we're recording this on March first. I, I, the Bat and the Cat, which is uh, he's doing like an eight episode limited podcast series about the Batman, uh, the the Matt Reeves Batman movie. Um, with his friend Amy, the two of them, like they're breaking it down into 20 minute chunks into eight 20 minute chunks and, uh, and going through uh, like their episodes, basically like they've broken the movie into episodes uh, and then, and then discussing like that 20 minutes uh, in each episode. Uh, it's the first episode is fantastic. Uh, I listen, I don't listen to a lot of our podcasts, um, <laughs> which is like a funny thing of like, like I, I like I don't know I don't remember the last time that I listened to an episode of the saga continues I, I and I don't think that Kyle is offended by that in the least because I don't think that he's listening to every episode of perfect 10 either right no you I, know, I get it because once you get used to podcasting it's hard to listen yeah. to podcasts and just listen to other people talk without getting to be part of the talking yourself totally so, especially especially once you're like friends with somebody it's yeah. like then it's then I'm done like for the most part, it's like then it's it becomes so much more difficult to uh to to listen to to their podcast. Um, but I did listen to this first episode of of the Bat and the Cat, and it's a it's a fantastic analysis. So everybody, I, like I'm not just saying that it is actually really good. Um, so everybody go check that out uh, and give Carl some love. Go go follow them on all the social medias. It's it's Bat Cat Podcast on Twitter and Instagram um and uh, batcatpodcast.com is is where you can go i that'll redirect you to the to the the site where you can find all the feeds and stuff but it should be in all the podcast services it's in google it's in spotify it's in itunes um so that's that's all the big ones i don't know is anybody using stitcher anymore i don't think anybody uses stitcher anymore uh but uh yeah it's it, it's it's in most of the major podcatchers so um i go check that out go subscribe to it and then go tell Carl who like Carl doesn't have his own personal Twitter account. So like, go, go yell at the bat cat podcast, Twitter and say that you listen to it and that you love it and that you think that he's a fantastic guy. Uh, and uh, don't go also, that far. He's also a really good cuddler. You guys, he's okay, such a good true. cuddler. <laughs> I, I awesome. I, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Joe and Kyle, for joining me, for really just, like, being here uh, as I rambled about this episode because I <laughs> I just got so excited by it. But uh, I, you guys said some stuff, too. So thanks for thanks for making it not just me talking for an hour. <laughs> um, 
And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week uh, with our episode for The Outpost. So we'll catch you next week. Looks like Bad Batch is blasting off again! Follow Rebel Cells on Twitter and Instagram at Rebel Cells and on Facebook at Rebel Cells Podcast. You can support the podcast in three ways. First, by going to the podcast service of your choice, leaving a rating and review to help others find the show. Second, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support to get cool rewards like exclusive podcasts and more.